moves us around. You believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. We're soldiers, but we're American soldiers. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You're listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. They're leading the charge in advancing the conservative revolution. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And now, your all-American hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. And good morning. This is Phil Stargell, and this is the Abolitionist Roundtable of Michigan. Today, we are going to do some things and talk about some things that uh, that are in the news currently. And I, I, I just want to say that that uh, that Bruce is on assignment this morning, and uh, we were supposed to be uh, joined by a, uh, a co-host to take his place this morning. Well, we can't quite get the connection uh, from him, so we'll press on. So it'll be you and me, folks. So, um, but uh, I think I think you'll uh, be quite satisfied with. Uh, with the results of uh, this show, because I am, I am angry. Uh, I am, I'm angry with the fact that the Democrat Party brought a great, a good man, and a, a man that's trying to get uh, a fair shake for the president of the United States, and we see a Congress doing the same thing to this man as they did to the previous attorney general by putting him in a, in a situation that he couldn't uh, get satisfaction from either side. And so then he, uh, he, the confidence from the president was lost and Sessions was thrown to the Democrats because he was obviously not as loyal to the Republican Party as he should have been. But... That is a mistake that Sessions, who I believe is a good man, was just trying to be impartial, trying to be able to re- reach across aisles and things like that. And that is, that is what happens when you reach across the aisle to extend the hand of a partnership of the Democrat, to the Democrat Party. The thing is that we see there's only one group in America that has been loyal to, I mean, to a, a degree that, uh, that we cannot imagine coming from anybody as, as, as loyal to one p- political power and one political party as black Americans or what I say is so-called African-Americans, because they're not loyal to America. They are loyal to the Democrat Party. And we better be looking out for the, the, the absolute separatist-minded, confederate-minded Democrat Party, because they have shown that they are rapidly unloyal to this country. And we can start right with 
what's going on today with defund the police. I say we should defund the Democrat Party. And uh, certainly I, I practice what I preach because I, I started defunding the Democrat Party when I, be, when I turned 21, which was the voting age when I was uh, 21. So today, kids are voting at 18, and, uh, and, and they form a loyalty to the Democrat Party that you cannot shake. And that tells me that, uh, that, that the Democrat Party are uh, certainly the closest thing to the communist dictatorship. At least that's their desire. That's what they want, and that's what they're working for, and that's what we are in danger of taking over in this country. If the Democrat Party is able to continue as they are with the help of the very people that should be looking at everything they say with the skeptical, at least with the skeptical eye. But I want to, I want to do something here. Uh, I want to. Uh, I see that I got uh, um, a a friend of the abolitionist roundtable on the line. I want to get him on and get him uh, going here this morning. Uh, certainly before. Uh, it gets too far into the program, so I can get back. So we're going to go to line one and put on uh, Milt Harris. Good morning, Milt. Morning, Bill. How you doing? I'm doing real well. Good, good. I miss Bruce. I'm getting ready but, uh, to get wound know, up, though. Okay. <laughs> I, miss, I miss Bruce, but I know that he's on assignment. But, you know, Phil, I just want to get in right early and say, first of all, I'm going to give... Uh, condolences to one of my people who I met and was very gracious, and that's Herman Cain. You know yes, I mean? me too. Uh, I think that we should give honor to him because he was a fighter, and he fought valiantly. And I look at the contrast between him and, and John Lewis in terms of how they celebrated it. And then you had a shameful display of bigotry and hate when Obama going to John Lewis's funeral to uh, supposed to give eulogy, and then he goes into his tirade of racism, and what makes it so abominable is that he went in there and went to talking about Bull Connor and uh, race, racism and all this nonsense. Never, never mentioned that it was the Democrat Party. That Bull Connor was a Democrat. George Wallace was a Democrat. You know what I mean? And I'm saying to people... Robert Byrd was a Democrat. Robert Byrd, Democrat. And see, what we are witnessing is 1984. You know Where truth is not truth. You know lies are, are, are not lies. And I, I talked to you, I think, was last week, and I told you, I say, the Democrats will defend their lies. Republicans are afraid and conservatives are afraid to defend the truth. And so yes, what yeah. we have to start doing now, Phil, is telling the truth. Herman Cain, I met him. Very good yeah, guy. Yeah, me too. And, and, you know, he was an honest and truthful guy. And and we lost somebody. And not how that word came from the other side. So I'm saying to people out there in your audience, take heed of what I'm saying and give praise to our side and realize that we are fighting a war, Phil. This is serious. Yes, it's very is. serious. And we have to realize and send that, these people are evil, and a lot of people don't want to recognize evil. 
But as we go forward, we don't have to support Trump. It don't have to be because his name is Donald Trump. It could have been anybody who had the, who had the courage to fight against these people. And I'm going to say this right quick, Phil, because I know you got the, you know, your show. You said the, the evil side, Wretched Gretchen and all these uh, people, you said you, you heard uh, um, uh, Jerry Natler, that's his name, say that uh, Antifa is a myth. Yeah. Phil, <laughs> if Antifa is a myth, if violence is a myth, if, if all this here rioting and, uh, is a myth, then somehow or another we have to be a myth too. We we must not be alive. We must be on another planet. And so I'm saying yeah. that as we go forward for these last few days to get Trump reelected, because if he don't get reelected, Phil, he might as well get his jumpsuit out. He might as well get his jumpsuit out and and get measured for a rope around his neck or execution somewhere, because these people are coming for you, me, and anybody else who is on the other side of right. And, and and as we go forward, we have to look at this. The Democrats and their allies, China, this Corona China virus, and then, and these masses, which are the sign of the beast, and then, they have cut, try to cut Trump off at every way they can. They want, they don't want you to go to church because the church is supported by Trump, and the and the church supports Trump by and large. Right, that's one avenue. Then you cut him off the internet. Okay, that's number two. Then you use coronavirus to cut down on the rallies. Okay, that's number three. Then you already got the media against him. That's number four. Well, Phil, where does Trump go to get his audience? This is what they're trying to cut off. And we're going to have to go out there, and every time we say something about these people, Phil, let's let the people know, as Charlie said on Joshua's trail, we must think of every vote out every Democrat we can find because all of them are, are what you might say tainted, polluted, and vile. So this morning I want to say to the audience, we can't let fear dominate us. We must they don't let fear manipulate us. And we must go out there and, like you said, in the 23rd Psalm, they all walk through the valley. We have to go out there and fight these people because we don't fight them here, Phil. If we don't fight them today, we ain't going to have no tomorrow, you know exactly because right. these people would do to us what other dictators have done if they have a chance to do it. Two guys was killed. A policeman in Milwaukee, I think, was an ex-policeman in Milwaukee, was shot. You didn't hear nothing about it. A guy in, I think he was in Minnesota, no, I was in Minnesota, I'm sorry. I think it was Minnesota where the guy, a police, ex-policeman was shot. But anyway, I think in Milwaukee, a guy who supported Trump was shot. And I saw on TV where some guy came up and stabbed some reporter. These people will do whatever they have to do. And then when you got somebody like like uh, a miniature, Dr. Fauci, who I yes. consider to be a mangler, and then you got people like, you have had people like Harold Holder, and they got the nerve to criticize our attorney general. And what they did to Barr, what yes. they did to Barr was abominable, the way they treated this man. So if they people that treat you this way feel why they don't have complete power, what do you think they'll do when they get it? You know and then when you have somebody like Ali Obama get up there and go through his demagoguery, you know we are in for a fight, and if we don't fight them, Phil, 
we have we're going to lose, and when we lose, the country is going down with it because that's the, yeah. that's the objective. So when I'm going to close out with this, whenever we talk about these people, if it's in Milwaukee, if it's in Minneapolis, let's let the people know what cities they are in, what state they are in, and who run them. Because we got blue state fascists, and we can't let people think that as Republicans are the same as these Democrats. No, 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 or conservatives. We must let people know who the enemy are, is, I should say. So, Phil, I just want to get that in there and say, hey, look, let's not be afraid to fight because fear is not going to save us, all right? You're okay, right. Phil, so take care, man, and uh, I'll be listening. Bless. And thanks so much for joining me early this morning, Milt, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll be talking with you soon. Okay, good, Phil. I appreciate it. And let's keep God in America. God bless America, and he's on our side, and we can win. All right? Uh, all Take right. That's, all that's right. the plan. <laughs> all right. Any. Take, Take care now. Okay, you too. All right. We are going to go quickly to uh, line two, and uh, we're going to get uh, Jerry from Detroit. Good morning, Jerry. Uh, uh, good morning, Phil. I'm, um, I'm a first-time caller to the show. And um, well, I'd like to start off. Uh, what was that? I said welcome and thank you. Okay. Um. Um. Oh, I have to. Um. I have to. Uh, with all due respect, beg to differ with you about um. About um. Barack Barack Obama and his speech at the um. Speech at John Lewis's funeral, and I also want to talk about. Um. You know how white people always um. You no know, complain about black support for the Democratic Party. Um, they never hear peep about about uh, white support for the G for the GOP. Um, um, and I was wondering, Phil, um, when uh, have let, um, let me let me stop you right there. Have you have, have you heard of uh, uh, the uh, the communication director for the White House? Um, um. Uh, anyway, her husband is a big figure in a party in a in a party of uh, of uh, opposition to President Trump. It's called the the uh, Lincoln Initiative well, they, or whatever. And these people, yeah. uh, Kellyanne Conway is her name. Uh, have you heard of her? Uh, yeah, she's one of the spokespeople for the president. Right. Well, have you heard of her husband? Uh, yeah, um, he's he's against Trump. He's against I, I, and fervently, rabidly against Trump. So um, that 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 tells you. And he's got allies here in Michigan, and they're working their initiative here in Michigan, and trying to get Michigan to turn back away from voting for Trump. And, and, and they're doing it in all of the battleground states. And they, they've raised a lot of money. And, uh, and the thing about it is there's plenty of opposition in the Republican Party. And that's, that's what the problem is. And that's why it took me many years to decide to join the Republican Party. But, uh, but, but, but I see that the Republican Party is the only salvation for this country. And Donald Trump is the only person that can stop this slide that we have going to turn this country into a socialist communist utopia well uh, i have to um similar I have to, to venezuela I have to differ but with go ahead I'm, I'm sorry go ahead because um 
I think what we're trying to do is um, fight some of the, you know, the issues that are plaguing this country, not just the, um, you know, the whole thing with the coronavirus, but also, um, you know, with problems with our justice, with our justice system, and especially with, um, with law, with um, law enforcement. And that, and I think there's a blind defense of, of that, you know, whenever, um, you know, for instance, well, let's, let's, these- let's look at, let's look at a blind defense. What's going on in Portland, Oregon, and what had been going on in uh, in Seattle, Washington, is uh, is reminiscent to me of the era shortly after we pulled our troops out of Vietnam, because uh, we had skirmishes and things like that where we were afraid to commit uh, our troops because the Democrat Party engaged a hate campaign against our U.S. military. John Kerry, John Kerry of uh, of uh, uh, Nebraska. These guys were veterans, and they exploited that that uh, that status and talked about our our military and made our military the same way they're doing with the with the police forces across the nation. They demonized. The military, and they're doing the same thing now with the the uh, federal officers, not federal troops, federal officers uh, that uh, that came in to defend their daily uh, livelihood. They have to protect federal property, and and uh, you have mayors and you have governors that are acting as if they, they were an invading force, such as what uh, what happened in Vietnam where they would tell us, Yankee, go home. And uh, when, when we were down in, in, uh, in, in, in South America, in Panama and places like that, it was the same thing where they were saying in, in, in Nicaragua and, you know, in places like that, that they didn't want our help and and we had committed to it, but this is different. This is American soil, and those federal buildings are uh, the president is obligated by constitutional law that says that he has to protect that property. And yet, and still, what do we see? We see American people out in the streets protesting. And saying, and and the mayors and the governors of those states are saying things like, "We are, are, are sending uh, uh, armed uh, federal troops in," and that's not true. And there, and he's not acting like a dictator; he's acting like a president that is lending support to insurrectionists. These people are in violation of every law that we have in this country. They, and they're telling them, telling people that those are... They're back to folks. They're what? Go I'm listening. I said those people are insurrectionists. Those people are, as the, the oath of office that that mayor and that governor took, if you read their oath of office, it says they will defend and protect the Constitution of the United States, and and they, and, and it says against all enemies, foreign and domestic, 
That's what their oath of, oath of office says. That means that that mayor and that governor should be out there protecting that building instead of allowing these insurrectionists, these these uh, these so-called peaceful protesters who are in fact destroying property and hurting uh, federal employees physically. Yeah, well, and uh, you, you, they need to be treated as what it says in the Constitution. They are enemies and they are domestic enemies and they are de domestic terrorists and they should be designated as such. I have to, I have to, um, um, you know, I, you know, I agree with you to a point that, you know, certainly no one is against violence. No one, no, no, I mean, I'm, a, I'm as much against violence as anyone else. I mean, you've got no argument from me. But I think at the same time, um, Phil, that these mayors and governors also recognize that, that people, I think, have a First Amendment right to protest. And I think what the white defenders of racist cops do is sort of, um, confuse the peaceful protesters with with the riot with the rioters in a sense um in order to justify um racist police violence against um unarmed african-american men well then that's what uh should be done if that if they feel as though uh somebody is is uh taking over their movement they ought to um, um identify them and identify themselves if they're going to be peaceful protesters, but the Constitution says they have the right to peaceful assembly, to 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 petition their government for a um, a hearing or uh, to address their grievances, and that's not what they're doing. They're out there uh, petitioning against the president of the United States. No, and the news media is just as complicit because they have never asked any of the leadership of those hooligans that are out in the street. They never asked them, why are you out protesting three months after this uh, person that you started all of this for has passed on and been buried? You know, and you know why? Because they can't tell you that they're protesting the, the injustice to George Floyd because they're not. They're out there trying to make the president of the United States uh, do something to make him look bad, to, to mimic the events that happened in Selma so they can get the sympathy of the people to show, to say that Donald Trump doesn't care about his own people, but his own people are enemies of the Constitution and enemies of the United States, and they are not foreign; they are domestic enemies, and that's how we have to address it. I appreciate you taking the time to give me a call this morning, but I'm going to give you the last couple of seconds because we're going to go up against the break. And you go ahead on and tell me that I'm wrong, or show me why I'm wrong when I say that these are enemies of the Constitution and the enemies of America. Well, um, well, I do think you're wrong because I'm, I think what you're trying to do, Phil, is try to confuse the peaceful protesters uh, who are protesting white racist police violence 
with the um with some of the people who who are indeed committing the violence and um you know I, like I said I agree with you I mean I'm I'm as much against violence as anyone else but I think it shouldn't be confused with with peaceful protests and I'd like to end end if I could I do, I want to do it quickly I know you're up for break um oftentimes um white police white um, often lose the canard about black on black crime to compare it to racist police violence. Okay, you hear the music, gotta go. Uh, thanks a lot for your call and call back, and we can go around this again. Uh, folks, we gotta go to a break. If you'd like to make a uh, call, call 734-822-1600, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Fleury. They're exposing the left's underground resistance while leading the charge in the fight for liberty. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And we are back, and and I want to uh, do a quick uh, reading of uh, the oath of office that the the people in in Seattle and Minnesota and, and New York and all over that are reluctant for the president to uh, support his people that are in these federal buildings, valiantly defending them understaffed and under-supported by the local governments. I just want to say that these, uh, these mayors are derelict in their duty, and the governors are right along with them. This is the oath of office that every elected official and every soldier takes everybody that's in a in in a government position has to take this 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 oath except the president he doesn't take this particular oath he has another one but it this is the oath it says i do solemnly swear or affirm that i will support and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies foreign and domestic, that I will bear truth, true faith, and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me, God. And I'm telling you, these mayors that uh, go around talking about they want to defund the the police department are are sowing nothing but animosity, and then they turn around and blame the president of the United States for their actions. These people ought to be taken into custody and uh, and put in jail for violating their oath of office. But uh, anyway, maybe I'm a, <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit. Uh, soft on crime, but uh, that's my that's my take on it. So we're gonna go to line number three, and we got Gary from. Uh, well, we got Gary. Uh, good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Phil. Uh, um, that last caller was monstrably wrong on several points, but I'm just gonna address his notion that white people somehow are monolithic and vote for Republicans. Everybody should take note of it. If that was true, 
the Democrats would never win an election across this nation if we voted in a monolithic block for right. Republicans. So it doesn't exist. There, there's no comparison between the 98 or 95 or whatever number it is of the blacks voting for Democrats. When they vote against their own interests, and see, we do it too, because the whites who vote for Democrats are voting against their own interests. We yep. even put a Muslim sympathizer in the White House to try and mediate that so that we didn't look like a racist country, but that didn't work because he was an agitator and he caused more racism in this country by his action and his deeds. Um, but what I called also about was some of the things Milt was saying. If we elect a Democrat to the White House in the next few months, and people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and Warren control the country, and they implement their programming, such as the New Green Deal, opening the border to millions of foreigners, um, reparations of $42 trillion, uh, 1916 project, and on and on and on, opening the prisons, abolishing the police, we will be in a dystopian state that you cannot imagine. The system will break down, the economic system will break down, the social structure will break down, and it will, won't be like the Great Depression. It'll be worse. Because the Great yeah. Depression, the vast majority of the people lived on farms, and they could live off the land literally. Ninety percent of the people in America today live in the cities. And if that supply chain is cut off, these cities will rot from the inside, and it will be chaos. And I, I, don't, I know this sounds hyperbolic and completely irresponsible, but all you got to do is go to world war, any world war, and look what happened to the population in the middle of the war. We're talking about mass refugees, mass starvation, disease, rot, destruction. This is what we're facing if we elect yeah. a freaking Democrat to the presidency. Yes. Hey, um, just to look at the example of World War II, Germany was a basket case. Japan was a basket case. It was only the ingenuity of the American spirit that that that, uh, that they didn't have a real, real hazardous uh, outcome of that, you know. And uh, if it had been the socialists or the communists that had been victorious in the World War II, uh, it, <laughs> German Germany's population would, would be probably oh maybe uh, about a third of what it is now. And they and they and they're not raising a whole lot of heck with their population as it is because of their socialist views. Hey, thanks a lot for your call this morning, Gary. And uh, remember this, and you know, you see the, uh, the handwriting on the wall, but if you, if you check your history books, just look at where Ven Venezuela was when they elected, uh, uh, what was it, Chavez? And then right. Maduro came in and replaced, you know, after Chavez died. It's it's almost uh, a, a, a double image of. Uh, well, uh, sure. We, we don't have to check the history books for that. We lived it. We saw that. Yeah, we saw it, and that's how come I, you know, it it, it puzzles me how anybody could be anywhere near receptive of a socialist outcome in this country. 
It's just right. it's just beyond me. And that's how come I'm so worried that uh, you know, I mean, I can't even sleep at night sometimes. Well, we beat it into the ground all the time. It's all about our our uh, school system. The the kids are being raised to despise yeah. their country. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, brother, yeah. you take it easy. Hey, Have thanks a, great a lot day. for the call this morning. All right, and um, so you know, folks, you know, people can call me an alarmist, but I'm telling you, the only reason why the Democrat Party is able to even be anywhere in this uh, in this election is because of this virus that's going around. They did everything they could to obstruct any any uh, real positive outcome of this this disease for a long time. They fought Trump on everything. If the Democrats had just just not fought him at every turn, we would this would be behind us, and we'd be on our way to a, a spectacular uh, last year of this presidency, because the first three years have been as totally spectacular compared to any other president. So anyway, I'm, uh, we're going to go to line uh, three in uh, Elizabeth and Troy. Good morning, Elizabeth. How are you this morning, Elizabeth? Good, good morning to all my beloved patriots. Gary well, and I, love I that. went I love to... that good morning. <laughs> What's that? I said, I love that good morning. I, I'm, I am so grateful for all, all of the fabulous patriots. Gary and I went to a golf outing that Patrick Colbeck's Michigan Freedom Center hosted yesterday, and it was an amazing event. Gary, wow. who's had some issues over the last number of years, and me, who's turning 74 this month, spent wow. 12 to 14 hours out in the hot sun Ooh. because we, we love our country. We adore our constitutional republic. Anyway... The purpose of my call is to encourage people, and, and God bless Jerry in his confusion over the truth that police officers are not killing black people. It, it, the socialists, as you know, are trying to turn us into what they want. Anyway, so it's not my If, if they wanted to know who was killing black Americans, Needless, yeah. it's the uh, the doctors in these abortion mills. Yes, that's who mm-hmm. are killing because uh, abortion is is by far the biggest killer of black people, and we and, produce and black black people killing each other. It's not white police officers killing black people; it's black thugs killing each other because they have no god. They have. They have no fathers in but, their but life. Those, and, those and, doctors and, in those those doctors in those uh, in those abortion yep. mills are purposely doing what yep. they do. They are purposely doing. This. I know, I know. And so, and, and the, the the policemen are defending their own life. Right. These yep. th- these abortionists have never defended one baby coming out into that that abortion right. mill. Right. So what we can do in addition to that is black people, you and Ron Edwards and 
Ed Bondarica, from what I understand, all of the fabulous conservative black people in our country and in Michigan need to get together and work hard to save our republic. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to connect up the black people that I know so we can band together to get out there and help to save our country. Well, I'm, Good idea. Count me in. I'll be with you. Okay, perfect. I, <laughs> I, I, I know you. I, I have some other, I think one of my black friends who wants to open a right to life in Detroit, of all things, connected up with you. So God bless you for doing what you're doing. And every thinking conservative needs to be working so hard to save our country. Not just talking about it, but out there working like you are. Well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I turned 75 last month. Yep. So, you know, I got a lot left in me and uh, I'm, I'm going to, I might be, you might see me out on one of these um, uh, demonstrations. True peaceful demonstration because yes, I right. see them uh, every other day. I have to go in and be a little uh, therapy on my back and yep. I come yep. out and uh, over on uh, Farmington Road there there's an abortion mill there and we we there are some of our good Christian brothers and sisters out there with signs saying honk for you know, right to life. And right. I certainly do a vigorous horn honking when I go by. And uh, my aim is, and I've done it before, is to stop and 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 stand with the with our brothers out there because it is hot, you know. And I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna this week when I stop go by and I'm not gonna just blow. I'm gonna stop and spend a few minutes with. Them. So uh, I would suggest anybody else, if they if they're in that area, do the same. Yes. All right. Thank. So thank you. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Okay, we'll see you soon. Okay, though, we gotta get to. Um, we're gonna. Uh, we got a. Uh, well, we're gonna go to uh, the Edwards Notebook here in a minute. So it's only a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm asking the people on, uh, on, on, well, let me do this. Go ahead. Uh, put on Bill from the UP. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, I just want I was wondering where Bruce was. I, I was wondering if he went to New York to celebrate taking Martha Sanger's name down off the place <laughs> there. Isn't that a great day in the neighborhood? Yeah, I, I figured that's where he was. This this book you sent me, what an eye opener, and it's just amazing. And the minute I seen the cover after you sent it to me, oh, it's been a couple months ago. It was it moved up to the top of my reading pile? Uh, the minute I looked at that photo, it reminded me of the Wicked Witch of the West in, uh, oh, what was it called, Wizard of Oz, yeah. <laughs> the old version. <laughs> You, yeah, that that hat that she's got on <laughs> does. Yeah, but, and uh, her face too. The look. I am so. I mean, I'm it so just glad that, that you look. And I wondered if the Wizard of Oz producers way back when meant that to be, or maybe not. 
I mean, Hollywood wasn't as liberal back then. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But I am so glad that you enjoyed the book. And uh, and boy, oh boy, Bruce put a he packed a lot in there, didn't he? Oh, it's yeah, it's eye opening. I so, mean, you know, um, this, this 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 should be read by a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's uh, that's the encouragement that I would give, uh, you know, uh, and that's how come I, I'm so glad that you, uh, you know, you decided that uh, that you wanted to, uh, you know, share your uh, love of the show by sending in that donation. It is uh, I can't thank you enough. And uh, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, we got to get to uh, this. You got anything else? Uh, I need to get to. My no, I'll, I'll get you another one underway here, and I might send you a book to read about okay. the pharmaceutical industry. Look- you might find it interesting. I will. Uh, I'll be looking for it. Yeah, it pays to pass these books around. So. Yes, yes, yes. And okay, uh, I, I want you to stay tuned because we are working on a project that I'm going to unveil it in a couple of days. And, you know, uh, and uh, we hopefully will be able to increase our time on the air. So um, that's that's going to be the first thing that, that's uh, going. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. This two hour, this hour is too short. <laughs> yes, it is. So anyway, thanks a lot. I got to get to the Edwards Notebook. Thank you very much for your call. And thanks so much for the, for uh, appreciating that great work of Bruce, Bruce Fleury. Okay. Uh, um, are we uh, ready for the Edward Notebook? Okay, we uh, we're going to go to the Edward Notebook. We'll be right back. When I hear ignorant individuals proclaiming Christ was forced upon blacks in Africa, I cringe at such a blatant misrepresentation of history. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, many Africans already knew Christ long before slavery, which was practiced by Africans and then Muslims long before the white man. It was Simon the Cyrene who helped Jesus carry the cross over 2,000 years ago, not long after Christianity hit Ethiopia, when Philip the apostle spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to an Ethiopian eunuch high official. 1,278 years before, Muslims enslaved black Africans in the year 341. Izana, the Ethiopian king named Ethiopia a Christian nation. The name of Jesus lasted 1,500 years through the slavery era and still lives on today. You cannot force faith. Just ask Frederick Douglass, who found his faith in Christ as a Redeemer, friend, Lord, and Savior, once he decided to cast his cares upon him. So to those who continue to walk in the falsehood of believing that Jesus was forced upon Ethiopians and most blacks, stop believing that utter lie and stop believing every negative article and research to seek the truth and you shall find it. Please understand, there are many seeking to wipe out faith in Christ via false history and blatant lies. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. And we are back, and that was, again, a great commentary by one of the friends of this program, Ron Edwards. Terrific. Uh, we are going to get to line uh, number three and Ed from Ypsilanti. Good morning, Ed. How you doing? 
Hey, real good, Phil, real good. As a fellow black brother in the abolitionist roundtable, I just thought I should call you. Know, I'm, you know, it's hard to tell looking at me. I'm passing, of course. I just want to encourage people to uh, frequent the abolitionist roundtable page on Facebook where they can hear broadcasts like today. Uh, today's will be posted as soon as Derek sends it to me. We put it up there and people can listen to it. And uh, good show. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, are you going to uh, uh, meet me on uh, uh, at 2 o'clock, right? I've got to be on the air at 2 o'clock today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to meet you at 2 o'clock. I'm sorry. I thought you meant somewhere else. We were talking about <laughs> no. going somewhere else. <laughs> okay. I'm going to meet you at 2 o'clock. I wondered what your plans were. Okay. I'll see you at 2. <laughs> Well, uh, just everybody, um, Ed and I will be um, hosting uh, for uh, Pastor Rick and, and his uh, show at 2 o'clock. Moment so uh, some of the things that we miss, we might be able to get to it on the 2 o'clock show. So join us then. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Uh, we're going to get to Tim West from Westland uh, on line four. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'll be real quick. I know it's the end of the show. Uh, a little yeah. more details on the Electoral College decision out of the Supreme Court. Kagan's yes. opinion that seven judges agreed, or the total of seven judges agreed with, is, says that there is no prohibition in the Constitution against states telling the electors how they must vote. Well, yes. I got to tell you, there is no prohibition in the Constitution preventing states from allowing illegals to vote. The 26th yeah. Amendment positively says American citizens 18 years and older can vote, but there yeah. is no prohibition against illegals from voting. It's a very dangerous precedent. We're in trouble. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And uh, Barack Obama proved it yesterday or uh, the day before when he said, uh, you know, they want to knock the filibuster out. It's a Jim, a legacy from Jim Crow. And he, you know, he's eyeing, uh, trying to get, get, uh, get that, uh, he took, uh, electoral he took college thrown out of it and get us into a pure democracy. He, he took part in the filibuster against judge Alito getting put on the court. He's a hypocrite. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'd so, like to save you some trouble with Jerry when he calls in. Nothing you can ever say will change his mind about anything. He is a classic yeah. case of cognitive cognitive dissonance. He will just ignore <laughs> yes. it. Well, Have you know, it's, uh, it, it it is a lot better than what the Democrats do uh, to us. You know, I I, I give him a chance, give him the, to 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 you'll, you know to air learn. his thoughts. <laughs> but you know, the Democrats say I'm reclaiming my time, so maybe <laughs> I'll have to reclaim my time the next time he calls. <laughs> if, if Trump if Trump gets reelected, I hope those are the first words out of his mouth. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> have a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm reclaiming my four years because they really put a. Uh, a real saddle on him, you know, from what he can say. I mean, and that's one of the things about um, this drive for civil rights and, and getting away from constitutional rights. They have made it a two-tier system where some people have the right to freedom of speech and the others have limited rights on freedom of speech. And that is wrong, wrong, wrong. It is the government that should be limited under our constitutional form of government. People have forgotten that, 
and, that, and it starts in our public schools. And today we are in a position where we could have a lot more say about where and who teaches our children. We ought to take advantage of it. Um, I took advantage of it. Uh, I had six kids. And the last one, we homeschooled. And there's a difference of like night and day between the, the way the one we homeschooled and the one that went to the public schools think. So, folks, join us at 2 o'clock this afternoon right here on Wham 1600 when Ed Bondarenko and I will be sitting in for Pastor Rick's show of Moment of Clarity. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. Thanks a lot for donating and donate till it hurts. See you next week. The Abolitionist Roundtable invites the Wham! Talk 1600 listeners to continue the roundtable discussions by mailing correspondence to Art of Michigan, Post Office Box 135, Garden City, Michigan, 48135.